It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 376 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, September 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd teeing you up for the season from a fantasy perspective. I'm sure your drafts are kind of creeping up pretty quickly here, so make sure you're checking out Josh's shows. I was on one of them, the Raptors preview, if you want to check that one out in particular, but they're all very helpful if you are a fantasy basketball player. Uh, Make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA with David Locke as well, and, of course, a bunch of different hosts across the whole week uh, from the network host that show too, so make sure you're checking that out daily. They talked about Devin Booker's injury today on that on that show so make sure you are giving it a listen uh, if you're an nfl fan find the corresponding locked on nfl show as well for your team if uh you are a lions fan for example you can listen to the despair and sadness after what happened last night if you're a jets fan you can listen to how great sam darnold is on locked on jets today there's lots of great options for you if you're an nfl fan and if you're if you're a college fan as well you can find a locked on college show most likely for your favorite team at this point a lot of the big programs have shows we're launching them out i think we got most of them launched at this point so if you're a college fan search locked on kentucky locked on oregon locked on whatever school you root for and you'll find a corresponding show most likely for you to check out uh also make sure you're subscribing rating and reviewing to locked on raptors on itunes please leave a rating it's so easy it takes five seconds and it's the best way to support the show it helps me with the algorithms and the rankings and all that stuff so please do that and i would very much appreciate it and if you're in the market for reading some stuff i am now two parts into my ranking of all 218 players to have played for the Raptors at Raptors HQ. It's been very fun. It's been very dark and despairful. Uh, despairful? That's not a word. What the hell? Um, anyway, it's been fun. And I'm going to have another part coming out on Wednesday if you want to check out part three. Lots of guys in this one. That's I just I would just describe a lot of the people in this next installment as just guys. That's pretty much what it is. Um, you'll remember some guys with me and it'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that on Wednesday morning on Raptors HQ, part three of Ranking Every Raptor, my eight-part series in which uh, I'm proving that I have too much time on my hands. 
All right, on today's show, we're continuing our preseason questions episodes. We're two in so far. We did last week, we did, what was the first one we did? We talked about Jonas and whether or not he can take another step. Our second one was whether or not the Raptors had enough vacation this summer with Katie Heindel. And joining me once again, uh, after joining me for that first one about JV, it's Vivek Jacob. How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, Watching some soccer right now. Spain is pummeling Croatia 6 nothing. Mm. Long removed from the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Loving that international uh, break, baby. Yeah, I, I did take issue with uh, your rankings. Uh, Bruno at 151. Dude, come on. Is that too low? That is just slanderous. We're talking about the dude who lifted the Raptors 905 to the championship. We're talking about the dude who scored thirty uh, percent of his entire number of points with the Raptors in his first game with the Raptors. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Okay, just, uh, just wanted Bruno, to make sure. Bruno's delightful, and he's a lot higher based on like all the intangibles that he brought, just as a person to root for. Um, he could have been number much, one much in our hearts. Yes, absolutely. Um, someone who is probably going to end up being on our list. I guess we should talk about this before we get into our preseason question number three, which is all about the starters today. Uh, a bit of news, I guess, if you want to call it news. Uh, someone who might end up on this list one day from now when I do an updated version down the road. Kyle Collinsworth is your latest Toronto Raptor. He's been invited to camp, I guess. Um, he played for the Mavericks last season, played 32 games, didn't do a whole lot. And uh, I, I guess we should talk about this because they signed a person. Is there any newsworthy thing about Kyle Collinsworth? Do you know anything about Kyle Collinsworth, Vivek? Uh, I did not know anything about Kyle Collinsworth before today, but I did watch one YouTube video. So obviously we know that means everything when Please. it comes to scouting and analysis. So based on what I saw, mm-hmm. it was a 13.6 assist game against the Orlando Magic. Okay. Uh, so obviously top tier competition um, <laughs> and he was playing so he, he, he looks like he has good size on him for a point guard he was playing the point mm-hmm. and uh, he uses his body well doesn't seem like he's uh, that fast so I, I thought he used his body pretty well in the possessions that I saw and made a couple of jumpers um, but it seems like the knock is on his shooting and I guess he'll just show up to camp and show what he can do and essentially be trying out for Raptors 905 spot, maybe. Um, I, that's my impression anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that he didn't look like anything special. I mean, he was going up against D.J. Augustine. I, I'm not going to get too hyped <laughs> about this guy. <laughs> D.J. Augustine, I believe, number 198 or 197 in my ranking of the all-time Raptors. He was very bad. Um yeah, Kyle Collinsworth had a game this season where he almost had a triple-double. I'm looking at his game log right now. Uh, he played 45 minutes against the Suns in a 27-point loss, which is amazing. He had 10 points, 11 boards, 8 assists on 4 of 13 shootings, so that's a fun almost triple-double. He was a minus 25 in a game they lost by 27, so um, that is quite the box score for Kyle Collinsworth. I don't think we have to worry about to him too much. We're not be doing a preseason question episode dedicated to Kyle Collinsworth. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we are going to be doing a preseason question episode dedicated to the starting lineup, though, and we're going to do that right now. First, though, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back and get into that conversation. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up 
with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get into this thing now, Vivek. We're going to talk about the starters. And I guess the big question, like, framing this question is hard because it's, you know, there's a sort of a two-pronged way you can ask it, I suppose. It's who will start for the Raptors and who should start. And I'm not sure either of those questions ultimately matter, which we'll get to. But um, people have been talking about this all summer. It's been a very big source of consternation for Raptors fans ever since the Kawhi Leonard trade was made. Um, you know, who's going to start? Where? Who's going to be the odd man out? Is it going to lead to political issues within the team and dissension in the ranks? I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Let's just start with the first part of that question then. Who do you think will start for the Raptors? So... Obviously, there are the three guarantees. There's Kyle Lowry, there's Kawhi Leonard, there's Jonas Valanciunas. To me, I think those are the three guys that are locks to start the season. Um, then the other two spots get interesting. DeMar DeRozan is gone. Um, Serge Ibaka, I guess, should be the favorite based on last season. But if we're looking at fits and nurse, nurses talks about having six starters on this roster and being willing to experiment and try new things. I think there's a decent possibility that OG Ananobi gets the starting job, and I think that's my preferred lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, so if I had to pick a lineup, for me, it would be Kyle Lowry, uh, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Ananobi, and Jonas Valanciunas. Um, but I think it's interesting because there's a few different ways you can go, right? Obviously... You can have Danny Green at the shooting guard spot. You can have Serge Ibaka uh, at power forward um, and see how things go with OG off the bench. Um, then you, if, you, if you still wanted to keep uh, OG in the starting lineup, you could technically start OG at the three. Kawhi, I guess, sort of becomes a two. And then you're still starting Serge at the power forward. And then it's Danny Green who goes to the bench. Mm-hmm. So... Um, outside of that, I, I guess the only wild card uh, uh, option would be DeLon Wright, uh, potentially yeah. at the two, um, and sort of taking turns, uh, handling the ball, maybe easing the load. Um, that might actually be the be- best way or the easiest way to ease the load off Lowry and Kawhi handling the ball mm-hmm. in the starting lineup. You start DeLon, uh, and then whether you go with Serge or OG at the four, um, that becomes interesting. But then, obviously, I think the biggest thing that would go against that is uh, sort of tampering with that bench mob. Uh, ideally, you probably want to keep that uh, as, you know, as together as possible. And so Fred and DeLon playing together would go a long way towards securing that. Yeah, all interesting points and ideas. Um, I think... If I were to bet on it right now, I think if I'm answering the question who will start, I think Serge is going to start at the four, and I think we'll probably see OG slide to the bench. Or we could see like a super big lineup where Kawhi plays the two, you get OG at the three, and then Serge at the four. Um, right. I just think politically and just like if – you know, it's dumb. In, if you're going for like just all-out maximization of lineups and stuff, it's probably dumb to just base it on who makes the most money. But 
over the course of an 82 season, 82 game season, you have to massage things, right? There are different things you have to balance. You know, you have to balance egos. You got to balance playing time. You got to balance a whole bunch of things if you're head coach, and that's a big part of the job and a thing that Dwayne Casey was extremely good at. And I'm curious to see how Nick Nurse is going to handle those, those sorts of decisions and questions. But I think just the easiest thing, the, the least resistance lineup is to have Surge start at the four and then just kind of see how that works, I guess, right? And if a uh, month into the season, it's not looking particularly good, maybe they can make a switch like they made last season with Norman Powell, who was in and it was, you know, not working, obviously, and then he gets hurt and then OG comes in and it was just perfect from there on. And the Raptors starters just eviscerated teams the entire season. I could see something like that where if it's not working with Serge and Jonas, which I don't know if there's a lot of reason to think it won't work in a regular season context. Playoffs are different, obviously, but the starting five was really good, and Serge and Jonas worked really well last season together after not being amazing in the last part of the season after the Raptors traded for Serge in 2017. Um, like They were a, a, a significant plus as a front court, as much as it doesn't really fit our modern NBA sensibilities very much, and we'd like to see some small ball worked in there or whatever, but um, I just think the, the politically correct way to do this if you're Nick Nurse is just to start Serge, so I think that's what we'll see at least at the start of the season. Um, I, I'm kind of torn as to what I think the most optimal starting five is because I you have to balance a few things, right? And you know you can make the argument that maybe you could have Jonas come off the bench and he could be this like super sub who comes in and is just like a six man and like a large six man gunner type guy who is just the focal point of the offense when he comes in. That obviously cuts into what the identity the identity you're trying to forge with the second unit that that it was forged last season. Having a guy who's more of a slow plotter and a guy who's going to require a lot of the ball kind of works against what that unit did last season. So maybe you don't want that. Say the same can apply for Surge. I mean, Surge isn't a particularly good runner of the floor. Like he's also kind of you know slow and plotting like like Jonas is, and he's even a lesser passer. So he's not really going to fit into the sort of five man egalitarian offense that that lineup had last year um so i wonder how that would work i feel like there's a potential if he was to come off the bench and work with the bench unit he might end up kind of becoming a bit of a black hole whenever the ball comes to him and kind of again suck away a lot of what made that unit so good last season and if you have og there and you're going with i don't even know what the second unit would be if you have og coming off the bench maybe it's like fred delon og Miles Siakam, like you just go super small with Siakam at the five, or you work in one of Jonas or Serge as the backup center, and then again that leads into the question. Like, here's the, I guess my thing is the starters this season. The question of the starters is going to directly affect the bench, and I think the sort of hockey change style of things that they did last season, where the bench just came in and killed teams for ten minutes at a time. I don't know if that's going to be entirely feasible this season, considering the starting lineup crunch and just there's a lot of wings on this team who are going to require minutes. And I just don't think it's going to be as easy to just simply say, all right, throw the mob out there. They'll play eight minutes, you know, go plus 20, and it'll be fine. I think it's going to have to be a lot more mix and match. And honestly, I think Nick Nurse is going to want to mix and match a lot more. And I think, you know, that's going to bleed into the starters. That's going to bleed into the bench. Like, there's an argument to be made that Fred Van Vliet was like a top four player on the Raptors last season. Is it totally crazy to suggest him starting next to Kyle Lowry in that situation that you alluded to with Delon Wright. You throw Fred up there, you have a ton of shooting, you have a lot of ball handling. Maybe you're lacking a little bit defensively from the one and two spots just in terms of size, but when you have Kawhi and potentially OG or whoever out there, maybe that kind of you know balances that out a little bit. It's hard to say. 
I just think there are lots of different ways these lineups are going to work. And you're not going to get to really, Nick Nurse is not going to get to really dive into a lot of the combinations if he's stuck just sort of adhering to the five starters, five bench sort of look that the Raptors had last season. But I don't know. Do you think there's merit to him trying to maintain a very similar staunch rotation that Dwayne Casey had? Yeah, I think you bring up a valid concern in terms of Surge potentially being a black hole on some uh, sort of half-court possessions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the reason I'm in favor of Surge coming off the bench is because that Raptors bench unit was so successful in creating transition opportunities. And a lot of times it was, you know, three on twos and four on threes. Um, so if, if they did move Serge to the bench, I almost anticipate uh, him being that uh, de facto rim protector who sort of becomes the trailer. Mm-hmm. And now it's not so bad having a guy that can shoot the three uh, as a trail big. Right. Uh, and so... Uh, that's kind of why I'm in favor of it. On top of that, uh, that bench unit in the half court, they really struggled. Um, and, you know, unless CJ Miles was really going off from three or, you know, him and Fred had it going, uh, I thought they did uh, struggle to create in the half court. And so um, I think Serge is shooting and, you know, maybe even his ability to be a bit of a go to guy for them uh, when they do kind of get stuck can help them. And so I think, you know, that the half court aspect of it could go either way. I think it could go the way you said with him sort of being a black hole and taking away their sort of egalitarian style. Um, but I think it, it could also be nice for them to have someone that they can sort of just uh, run a pick up pop with or, you know, just throw it to in the low post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if you're comparing it to what last year's bench was, if you just slot Surge in for Pirtle, you assume mm-hmm. Danny Green and OG both start. If you just slot Surge in there, like, that's an offensive upgrade. I mean, I love Pirtle, but he was kind of limited offensively. didn't have any range whatsoever. And right. while Surge is not the rebounder that Jakob Pirtle is, like, I kind of agree that in the situations where they get a little bit sticky offensively, it might not be the worst thing to have a guy who's kind of a black hole and who's just going to put up a shot whenever he wants to. So I think, yeah, you're, you're totally right. That kind of cuts both ways. Um, it's... How many times do you think we'll see a starting lineup change this season? Like, there were kind of, like, a couple flashpoints, or I guess there was just the one flashpoint last year. It was like, okay, the lineup is this, and then it's this. Like, I think it's going to be very different this season. I think we're going to see a lot of different looks. I think it's going to depend on the matchups. If I'm looking at the roster, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, nine or ten different guys get starts at some point this season. Like, what do you think we'll see from Nurse in terms of his sort of malleability when it comes to the starting five? Because he doesn't strike me as someone who seems very stuck in you know the old school ways of like all right you got to have your five starters because they're the, the five guys you want out there or whatever the five veterans the five dudes who know where they're going know your roles whatever it seems like he's going to be a little bit more flexible than that like what do you think we'll see from nurse when it comes to you know changing up the starting vibe when it calls for it so i mean this is i think one of the most fascinating aspects in terms of what i look forward to from nurse i think and the NBA in general, I, I've never understood this concept of, oh, this is the starting five that you announce and this is what you commit to as much as possible for an entire 82 games, mm. especially now when you have uh, all these data samples that you can collect on lineups, you would think that you would be more open to, you know, really playing matchups more, playing, you know, sort of having more of a playoff mindset because then I think it lends well to just you know transferring that over into the postseason when it actually begins 
uh, as opposed to you know all, all of a sudden trying to fi- figure things out on the fly and putting together lineups that you haven't even seen before. Um, so, and you know, to, to be honest with you, Jerry Stackhouse did this quite a bit with the Raptors 905, um, where he would play different lineups, and this was, you know, I think some of it was because the talent level of that roster was so equal that he could do that. Um, but uh, I do like uh, the possibility for the way this roster is con- constructed. Uh, for Nurse to try different things and look at different lineups and play it according to the matchups. Like you look at Boston and Philly, uh, if they're starting, uh, you know, Dario Sarge and Jalen Brown at the four respectively, then that lends to OG starting. If you're mm-hmm. going up against, uh, if you're going up against San Antonio with LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol, then that lends to going with Ibaka and Jonas. Um, so I, I would be fascinated and I would love to see Nurse bring that, uh, to the NBA where, you know, you play highly matchup dependent lineups and that way you have uh, sort of more of a data set to look at when you're preparing for the postseason. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think the possibility is there and I'm just waiting to see if uh, that's something he'll actually do. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I like that you brought up the Celtics and Sixers because those two, I think, are going to inform a lot of what the Raptors do lineup-wise over the course of the season and obviously come playoff time, assuming those two teams are on the path to a potential finals. And I, I kind of, this could also cut kind of both ways. I wonder how much those teams are going to factor what Nick Nurse does, whether it's, you know, against the Celtics. They start out Horford. Like, if they're going to play that lineup where they go Kyrie, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, Horford, like, it makes a lot of sense to go small. Like you mentioned, you start OG there. Same goes for the Sixers if they're starting Sarge there. And then after that, in the East, it gets a little bit more muddied. But, like, even then, the Pacers, if they're starting Thad Young at the four, they have Thad Young still, right? He didn't go somewhere else. Who? Thad Young. What, the Pacers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. he might have gone somewhere else. I was wrong. Um, but he, uh, so, but yeah, if he's starting at the four, again, you can kind of get away with starting OG there. Um, and, and that's going to be the case, I think, with a lot of teams in the East, really. I mean, the Bucks, they're probably going to start, I guess, Giannis at the four. I, that, that's, I don't really know how to really deal with that. But the Wizards well, don't they start, I mean, Markeith Morris Markeith. is probably the closest thing to like a traditional power forward in the in the Eastern Conference, at least among the teams that matter. And I, I guess Blake Griffin as well. And maybe that you, you throw a surge against those guys. But I also think you can get away with playing OG against one of those guys too. So maybe you're not even worried about him wearing it down in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. when you know a lot of the competition is kind of like sized the the way the Raptors would be if they scaled down. But at, at the same where time, the league is now. Yeah, oh, it's it's totally it's it's they could totally get away with it. OG's not a small dude. I understand if you wanted to force, wanting to sort of insulate him a little bit, considering he only has a year in, in the league and he's had a bad knee injury before or whatever. But I think just you can get away with it easily. I think in the East size wise, but at the same time, if your path goes through the Celtics and Sixers, Celtics and Sixers. How much do you want to put out there of your very best lineups? And, you know, are they going to try to hold that back a little bit when they play them? Or even just, like, 
in the general run of the season, are they going to be content with just having a surge start at the four and know that that's probably not their optimal lineup, but instead of giving a ton of tape on it for teams like the Sixers and Celtics to really pay attention to and go through before the playoffs, maybe they just kind of are okay to, you know, hang back and scale back their very best lineups. Obviously, that can kind of come around to bite you, and I think we saw that for the Raptors in the playoffs because some of their best lineups they never really got to in the playoffs. I thought the Surge and Pascal lineup didn't get really enough run in the regular season, but in the small moments it did, it looked pretty good. Just didn't have enough run in the playoffs, and it was really bad when it got together in the postseason. But maybe had they played more together in the regular season, that leads to you know more uh, continuity, chemistry, whatever you want to call it. Come playoff time, so it's it's really hard to balance. But like, how do you think they should go about doing that um, when it's so clear that those are the two teams to be worried about in the East? Um, to me, so I I understand that the argument is that oh, you try and save it and not show anything to the opposing team uh, for what you might use in the postseason. But for me, if you find something that works really well, mm. it. it Regardless of how much they've seen it, it, it's still really difficult to stop. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, once once Fred was back with that bench unit, they were still really good. Um, and so, you know, like even with the soccer example, like Messi goes to his left all the time. It doesn't mean people know just because people <laughs> know what he's going to do. It doesn't mean people can stop it. You know. Yeah. So if you if if you find something that works really well, like it doesn't matter if it's a regular regular season or the postseason. Um, it's it's the style with which you do it, right? Like yeah. As long as it's conducive to that postseason type of success, and I think a smaller lineup is more conducive to the postseason success. Um. I think I think you just look for whatever is best for the team, and I think the more times you try it out in the regular season, I think that continuity outweighs uh, the opposing team knowing that's a possibility. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's uh, it's such a weird season. Because I mean, I guess it's been like this the last few years where it's kind of known ahead of time who the like the two or three teams that are going to be playing each other are, but. It seems extra pronounced this season that those three teams are going to be the ones that matter when it really comes time to it. Um, so let's roll through. Again, like like I said, I think there's like a case that nine or ten different guys in the Raptors could start games this season. And I, I don't think I'd be shocked by that if Nurse is getting creative. Um, and Sorry, just to, just yeah. to cut you off uh, for a second. I was just thinking about the Golden State Warriors, right? Yeah. Like, we're talking about lineups. Everyone knows they're going to go to that death lineup regardless of how much they use it in the regular season yeah but one thing that kind of changes um from the regular season to the playoffs is they hardly run any pick and roll uh in the regular season steve kerr has talked numerous times about how you know he thinks that takes away from the team and whatnot but you do see them run more pick and roll in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and so you know just because uh, a lineup's out there doesn't mean you have to run the plays that you know that you'd be necessarily running in the postseason right right yeah, good point. Um, where was I going? I forget now. Oh, back to what I was saying. So Nick Nurse said uh, a couple months ago that he thinks he has six starters. And that's going to, I think, that kind of informs my thinking in that I just think he's going to kind of change it up quite a bit. If I was to set the over-under at eight and a half different Raptors, regardless of injuries, like assume everyone's healthy all eight two games and it's just they're based on matchups entirely. If I was to set the over-under at eight and a half Raptors getting a start this season, would you go over or under? Eight and a half? Yeah. 
Because I think you have the main six. Yeah. So you have Lowry, uh, Green, OG, Kawhi, Serge, Jonas. I think they'll all get starts at some point. And then there's DeLon, there's Miles, there's Siakam, there's Van Vliet. I think those are probably the other four guys that could potentially get a start at some point. So right. three I, of those, I think I three of those guys? Under. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, just because, so, you know, whether you start this season with OG or Serge, um, that means you've got one of them out, uh, and then maybe it's you know Danny Green going to the bench so I think it's about max you're looking at seven guys um I wouldn't go too uh, I don't know barring an injury I don't think much will change like you know if Jonas gets injured you might have Monroe stepping into the starting role Hmm. um or you know the outside of injury I I would say it's probably between six or seven guys so I would take the under okay I might creep up to eight or nine because I think the thing you mentioned about Fred and DeLon could very much happen. DeLon in particular, I kind of like the idea of him starting at the two now that we've mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit. That's kind of sexy to me. So um, <laughs> Count me fully on board with seeing more than eight and a half guys start. Like, Just mix it around. See what happens. Throw Jordan Lloyd yeah, out there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we've covered this pretty well. No? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think we're good. Um, yeah. Again, the starters... It doesn't matter as much as who's closing games, and I think much like I think he's going to approach the starters, I think Nick Nurse is going to close games very much the same way. He's going to be experimental. He's going to try stuff out. He's going to see what works uh, in certain matchups and not be sort of stuck in his ways and you know married to the idea of one specific lineup closing. And Dwayne Casey, to his credit, wasn't like that last year or the year before. He kind of mixed it up as well, so... Um, yeah, that that's the people really care about starters and who starts. I don't particularly care that much. I just think with Nick Nurse, it's kind of an interesting conversation because I don't think he's going to be traditional, I guess, when it comes to who's going to be starting. So that's fun. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. Vivek, anything you want to plug right now? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. You can find my work on Sportsnet, Raptors Republic, North Pole Hoops. Uh, I should have something out for Raptors Republic tomorrow, uh, kind of looking at some, you know, c- trying to keep it positive. So I'm looking at progression candidates okay. uh, for tomorrow. Sweet. Lots of OG talk, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's hope. Uh, yeah. I mean, OG's in there. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a bigger progression candidate than Kawhi based on what happened last season. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a loophole, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Man, I'm ready for the season to start, dude. They're going to be so good. They're going to be yeah. so good. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you check out all the Vex work. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find my ranking of all 218 Raptors, plus a couple of stragglers who never actually reported to the team, but I felt like calling out in particular um, that you can find the first two installments are on Raptors HQ right now. The third one will be up Wednesday morning, so please check that out. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and it's going to be... Uh, this next one, like I said, there are some dudes in this one who uh, are... The, I, I'm having a lot of fun with this one because it's like the last one I did 
I ranked players 180 through 151, and most of them I don't really remember, and they played like five games with the team, and it was just kind of, all right, this guy happened, this guy happened, he played for a million teams, and the Raptors were one of them. But this one is like dudes who were on the team for at least a little while and actually have some actual memories with, and I, uh, I'm i looking forward to diving into some of these dudes. It's very exciting, so stay tuned for that uh, part three of ranking every Raptor on Wednesday morning on Raptors HQ. And once again, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show. As always, we'll be back again tomorrow. Myself and Josh Howe from Raptors Republic and a couple other places as well is going to be joining me. He's going to pick the preseason question we're going to talk about. So that's TBD, but I'll be back again tomorrow night, and then we'll do one later on this week probably as well, or one or two later on this week at least. Um, And we're getting back to daily shows pretty much from here on out. So uh, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.